Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon and welcome to the Thursday edition of Sims Chat Corner. Um, in case any of you are living under a rock, you would notice on Facebook that I have mentioned that today's interview is going to be with not only uh, none than the other, I should say, Milwaukee musicians, Bill White and Lori Jesnick. Um, we're going to be on here talking to the both of them, both separately in terms of being musicians and, of course, equally together as being an acoustic duet. So I'm very excited to be hosting the both of them, so it should be a very interesting hour. But before I start with the two of them, there's just a couple of different things I want to handle from a business perspective, um, and that's in terms of the individuals who live in the Milwaukee area. First of all, I just want to give a shout-out to two different people to let uh, individuals know if you happen to be out and about this evening. My very dear friend, Mr. Rockabilly himself, Matthew motherfucking Tyner, as they call him, is going to be playing down at the Impala Cocktail Lounge, and that's going to be from 10 to 12 o'clock tonight, and that's located on in the River West area, if I'm not mistaken, on Center, Center or Locust, one of the two. Forgive me that I didn't have a moment to go ahead and look it up. So you're going to want to go ahead and check him out. He is... Um, an acoustical solo this evening. Uh, majorly importantly, my dear friend Scotty Barrett, who is uh, part of not only Bad Boy, but uh, a band called The U.S. Project, is going to be doing a stint this evening at 9 o'clock at Taylor's Bar. Um, this is one of special significance to him this evening, of course, because a very dear friend of his had passed away very recently within the last week, unfortunately due to cancer. And so I find it necessary not only to uh, post on my wall, but also to talk about it on my show, because I certainly, certainly am an advocate supporting my friends, especially those in live music. So if you get an opportunity this evening, it would be great. I would appreciate it. Uh, I'll certainly be there at some portion in time this evening. Just maybe pop your head in and show your support for him. I would greatly appreciate that. Um, I have just a couple of other two or three announcements that I wanted to talk about. First of all, tomorrow I'm going to be on the other sister station that I'm doing, which is Sam Crow Radio. To those of you that are unaware of how to find me there, that would be blogtalkradio.com, and that's a backslash with Sam Crow Radio altogether, which is S-A-M-C-R-O Radio, R-A-D-I-O. So um, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., and that's going to be Central Standard Time. I'm going to be hosting Sean Patrick Preston, who I'm very proud to say has just left Las Vegas with one of his introductions of his new clothing line. For those of you who don't know who Sean Patrick is, he is actually the owner and producer of Piston Clothing. Piston Clothing happens to be the largest manufacturer of Sons of Anarchy clothing that's out there. Um, if I'm a smart woman, I'm going to talk to him very, very nicely, and I'm going to beg, beg, beg quite a bit that he gives me a cool, kick-ass Sons of Anarchy T-shirt tomorrow. I'm hoping. I'm thinking probably not, but what the hell, it's worth it. So definitely, you got some free time tomorrow. Give me an hour of your time. Sam Crow Radio. We can also be found on uh, Facebook just as well as Sims Chat Corner as well, selectively both named, of course, Sims Chat Corner and Sam Crow Radio. As always, I wanted to mention before I forget that I welcome your questions, your suggestions, your comments, you telling me you hate my show, you like my show, who you want to see, who you don't want to hear about, pretty much any kind of comment in general or anything that you want to talk to me about or tell me. It's always appreciated because without your support and without you listening in, I wouldn't have a radio show and I wouldn't have anyone to talk to, and that would suck a lot. So um, I need you guys to give me some feedback, so please do. The last part of business, or actually the last two things, first off, um, for any of you that are praying folks out there, and I would greatly appreciate it, I have a very, very, very close, very dear friend of mine who I went to school with, Sheila Tyler Giovanni, whose mother very recently, as of, 2.30 this afternoon was having some very serious hip surgery, and so we are praying for her. I just left basketball actually to rush home, um, and so my thoughts are with you, honey, and I love you very much. I would ask that you all send very good thoughts and prayers to her. She's an absolutely 
wonderful woman, and she's been through quite an amazing amount of hardship. So I would appreciate your thoughts and your concern, and your prayers are always needed, so thank you very much on that. Um, Last thing I want to talk about is uh, same business as usual. Very recently, in case any of you haven't been listening to my show, you know that I am in process of doing a documentary um, being produced on bipolar disorder. I myself, of course, have been a bipolar patient for 23 years, and so it goes to reason that um, if there was one project I would devote my time and my attention and my love to, it is uh, uh, in the last month or so, unfortunately, our one participant in the project I haven't been able to contact, and I fear that, uh, unfortunately, she will not be able to participate any longer. So I am reaching out to my crowd and all my listeners to ask for your cooperation and for your help, if at all possible, with this. I'm looking for an individual who is in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area. I need someone who's been diagnosed for at least five to ten years as at least a bipolar patient. Um, If you have other manifestations, that's perfectly fine. Uh, Whether you are medicated or not is fine. Whether you are in treatment or not is perfectly fine. Um, I'm pretty accepting in that regard. Uh, But you need to obviously be an individual who is okay with being in a public eye and an individual who wants to be on film and who wants to tell their story, um, not because... They want popularity, but more so because we want to try to, way, to raise excuse me, education and awareness and funds, hopefully, um, to try to defeat bipolar disorder, especially in the Milwaukee area. I'm finding that our resources are very limited to individuals who are uninsured, and I want to make sure that there is some facility or some availability to individuals um, who don't have the option for treatment or who are not diagnosed or who do not have medication available to them. So... If you know anyone, if you have any suggestions, my direct email is cin4251 at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can send me a Facebook message, and my first name is Cindy. The last name is M-I-C-H. You can also send me a show page message, and that's again on either Sam Crow Radio or else on um, Sin's Chat Corner. And I usually check that pretty diligently, so anytime that you have a suggestion or um, any kind of anything, relevant to this project, I'd greatly appreciate it. I'd like to get the filming wrapped up in the next two months. So anything that you could do for me, again, I would greatly appreciate it, and I certainly am very big on the advocacy of confidentiality. So um, we can certainly cover that when the time comes. So now that you're done listening to me ramble on and on about all of our usual company business, let's talk a minute about Bill and LJ. Bill White and Lori Gesnick are both on the scene here in Milwaukee as musicians. Um, They both individually have kind of come together from different parts of the world, so to speak, and have kind of put their heads together to come up with a combination that I think is just nothing short of magical and extremely talented. Um, I hold no bones in saying that I'm very uh, proud of both of them, and I'm very impressed with them, and I'm very proud to say that they're my friends, and I'm very fortunate today to have them on my show. So I'm going to click both of them on here, and then we're just going to kind of go back and forth, and then hopefully we'll get a chance to play some of their music for you. So let's see if we can get on the line first. Hello? Hello. (laughs) Hi, LJ. How are you? Hi. I'm great. Thank you. (laughs) Wonderful. And then let's see if we can get Bill on the line. Hi, Bill. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, good. Um, I'm going to start out by talking to LJ first, and I'll ask her a question, and then you can kind of just jump in at will, or we can kind of just, we'll see how how that. Sounds good. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, LJ, um, throughout history, I know that it's been said before that some of the most beloved music has derived from some form of either tragedy or a life dysfunction or some form of chaos. 
Now, it's my understanding that your childhood had presented some challenges to you for which music had served an escape from such sad emotion that you were feeling. Um, do you feel in your own personal opinion that my statement is factual on the basis of your own life experience? Oh, definitely, yeah. I think I'm I'm very, uh, really an emotional person anyway, and I don't know if that's part of my upbringing, if it brought it out more, but it just brought out my music 100%. It, all my emotions come out in my music. Now, when did you start noticing, obviously, of course, as a child, we all have our own aspirations in terms of what we want to do or where we see ourselves going. Was it more writing to begin with or was it more playing with instruments? How did you get to the point where you said, yeah, this is my passion? Um, well, I remember, like, being really little and I would just make up songs and sing, make up words and music, you know, and just kind of make up a tune. But I never had any, in, you know, musical instruments or anything that I played. Um, but it was mostly just in my head. And I think as a teenager, then I started writing poetry. You know, I wrote tons of poems, but usually when I wrote them, it was to music, you know, even though I couldn't play music because I didn't have an instrument. Okay. And then at what age did you finally start embarking upon doing something to, excuse me, do something to further this passion of yours? Um, I think well, I, when I was about 18, my brother had sold me his um, electric guitar and an, a little amp, and he showed me a couple of chords, and I started playing, and I started writing songs from that point on. And I have tons of songs now. <laughs> Not tons, but a lots of songs. Lots of songs. <laughs> I was going to say, did you have, um, was it a struggle for you when you, when you were younger on, or was it always kind of that something that still in your head, like you just always kind of knew how to put that right thought out on paper? Or, um, I, I don't know. I just, I, music just always comes to me. I, I mean, I sing even, you know, other people's music. I'm singing all the time. And, I, and my mother used to sing all the time, too, and I don't know if that was instilled in me, like this music in the house all the time, you know. So it was like there was always music. You know, anything musical, I just love music, so. I, okay. <clears throat> what did you grow up listening to, or what did you find where you um, uh, When I was, probably Beatles were my first, you know, initiation to music, because my older brother, and um, uh, my parents had two different kinds of music. My mom was like Barbara Streisand, Dean Martin, and <laughs> my uh, my dad was more Hank Williams. <laughs> So there were, like, two diverse, different, you know, tastes in music. And I didn't dislike them, but I, it wasn't my – I didn't really like listening to that. But I was a kid, you know. I think as a kid you're like, oh, I hear some, like, guitar and more, you know. And I, mean, I liked Elvis Presley. and But the Beatles were probably my main, you know, growing up. That's what I listened to. And what did you admire most about them? Why why were they such a staple um, for you? I guess the uh, the music was catchy, easy to sing to, and the words were easy to learn. You know, I mean, you just you knew the words. They was like they just had this catchy tunes that right away, and they touched you sometimes too. Some of the songs hit you, like oh yeah, I know and this is how I'm feeling right now. You know, <laughs> makes sense. Okay, now we're gonna do the flip side over to Bill. Um, I noticed, Bill, that a parallel experience that both of you share is your obvious early introduction into music. Obviously, LJ just mentioned 18, and I know that you had started roughly around age 16. Um, I'm always wanting to explore the motivation behind one's career path. So I wanted to ask you, Bill, was it based upon family influences or life events, or, or what kind of prompted this decision to become musical as far as your career? Oh, well, I uh, did play music in school. I played trumpet uh, I don't know, from fourth or fifth grade on, 
I took a lot of music theory courses in, in junior high and high school, those types of things, chorus, and anything that was music I would sign up for. I didn't really start playing guitar until I was 16 or teaching myself to play guitar at 16. Um, the Beatles, as LJ said, were a terrific influence on me. And I was 10 years old when I saw them on the Ed Sullivan Show, their debut uh, performance, and I think that was a real red-letter day uh, and then Grandma got me a transistor radio for Christmas that year, and that's when it all began. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, did you have a flair specifically for the guitar, or were there other things, like you had mentioned, the, the other instrument? Were there other things that you had toyed with or played with early on, or was it primarily just the guitar? Um, well, like I said, I played the trumpet and uh, uh, marching bands and all the school activities that go along with uh, you know being in that uh, environment. But um, I liked, uh, I think another Red Letter Day was the day I saw the movie um, uh, starring George Hamilton uh, about Hank Williams Sr. It was called Your Cheating Heart. Uh, it was about 64, and I fell in love with his music as well, which is some of the best music still to this day. It's, it's the real country stuff, and uh, I love that stuff still. And it's very much like the Beatles. It's fun to listen to. It's melodic. Um, you can do it yourself in some cases. And, uh, yeah, I have some, I like folk music prior to that, and the Christie Minstrels and uh, all those acoustic guitar vocal groups were just right up my alley, and I still do it. Yes, we do, as a matter of fact. Um, did you find that your passion was ingrown early on in terms of not just the playing, but also with the singing or writing or anything else on the musical side, or was it just more you started with the instruments and then ventured from there? Well, I think I just wanted to be a singer-guitar player. I dabbled in songwriting, but it wasn't my strong suit. I would uh, I would just try to mimic or imitate whatever was popular at the time when I was young. Um, and I didn't really get to pursue it professionally um, then because I got married at a young age and I was just turning 20 and had a couple of children, and that was my first marriage. And, of course, that, that was my focus, to be a father and a husband, and uh, I had to take care of business that way, work, be the breadwinner, and da-da-da. So the music took a backseat. But I always played. Uh, it was always a hobby for me. Okay. And then, of course, I also wanted to ask you, similarly as we talked to LJ about this, um, were there certain things that arose out of, let's say, tragedy or, or some kind of life chaos or dysfunction, do you think that kind of played a part in how that affects you musically or how you how you play? Myself? Are yeah. you asking me that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, not really. Um, I used music uh, in a therapeutic way, though. Sure, we all have good days, bad days, or, or troubles, and uh, I would definitely sit down with my guitar and just explore and uh, sink into it to help deal with whatever little hurdles life was throwing at me. Uh, saved me thousands in therapy, actually. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, it was definitely a crutch uh, or, a, or, or something that helped me through difficult times. And a lot of times out of those moments, like the divorce of my, my first marriage, I, I wrote quite a few songs out of that, and they were all about that. And they're really not kind of songs that you 
you want to go out and dance to. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to cry, they're good ones to listen to. Um, but yeah, I did definitely find solace in in music, in my own music. Sure, I got gotcha. you. So in the first 10 minutes, we've learned basically folks that if you want to avoid therapy and large costs associated with it, learn how to either play damn music or sing it. That's the bottom line. Good. We've learned something in the first four minutes. Moving along back to LJ now. I don't, <laughs> know, any musician that would, I don't know any musician that would dispute that, to be honest with you. Yay! <laughs> See, I brought them on here because they're smart, and now they've taught us something. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy. No, thank you. Okay. Now. LJ, you have projected to me that as a child, I know you expressed yourself in a in a literal manner through poetry, and of course you stated that musical lyrics were floating in your head, literally floating in your head. Now I imagine this to be the catalyst to your embarking upon a musical career. Would you think that you know you have all these thoughts and, and feelings and everything going on in that head? Did that kind of help you to embrace knowing that this was the path you were chosen to take? Um, I, I I guess it's just something I always wanted to do. I always thought about, you know, I'm like, you know, you just have these dreams for yourself, like, oh, if I could be up on stage singing like them, you know, you go to see a band or something, I'm like, oh, it's so awesome, like, if I could be up there, and then I I just have this nervous side of me, too, that, that, that sometimes takes away from that a little bit, but I'm getting better at that, because <laughs> I love it, I just love singing, I do, and I love the feedback I'm, we're getting, it's cool, and it's fun. <laughs> okay. Now, as you're primarily, in case some people don't know this, you're self-created talent, basically. What that means, obviously, is that you haven't had the formal training, per se. Were there ever moments where you regretted not obtaining more formal music training? Um, well, yeah, I'd have to say yes, because there's some stuff I can't do on the guitar. It's like, oh, I wish I could play, like, lead to this. I have to do it to my mouth, you know, <laughs> you know, with my guitar. You know, it's like, you know, there's just different things. In piano, I'm... You know, I'm. I bought a keyboard like a year and a half ago, and I'm trying to learn that. And I could do the basic chords and do a little bit of movement. And my son plays, and I watch him. He's like all over the keys. And I'm like, oh my god, if I could just play what I have in my head, that'd be so awesome. You know, because my head is so much more sound than I can project because of what I my knowledge is. You know, my experience. Sure. I have to interrupt you, but I've heard her play piano, and we have a few songs that we do on piano, but we haven't really brought that out yet. She accompanies herself quite well on <laughs> piano, so don't well, yourself you, Bill. short there, LJ. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Just saying. Well, and that poses me to ask the question, obviously. Do you think that at some point in time, um, especially with embarking upon new ventures and doing, you know, from more gigs and being more active and out there, do you think that you might entertain the idea of going out and getting some kind of training relative to music? Um, I guess if... Time and money would <laughs> allow for that to happen. I'd be open for it, but I, you know, it's just I, you know, I work a full time job, and you know, it's, I have other expenses and stuff. I don't know. I mean, it it's run across my head, definitely. You know. Ah, I got you. So if I got you right, basically you're in Milwaukee, you're a musician, and you don't make six figures. So no. Basically, <laughs> in my brain, I do. <laughs> my dream. Okay, I got it. So you're not a Carrie Underwood or you're not one of those girls that are out there and you're making all this money with flashy costumes. <laughs> Yeah. No, okay. but she does. She does. She does kill on a Carrie Underwood song. Yeah, I do so. Carrie Underwood. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to mention that, but okay, folks. So there you go. She doesn't make a whole lot, but she sings a Carrie Underwood song, and she dresses really good because I'm looking at her right now. Oh, so it looks okay. pretty cool, folks. 
Um, but okay, so basically now you um, don't need therapy if you're a musician, and you're going to be broke. Um, but you will have a passion. <laughs> We're learning a lot, folks. This is exciting. The, it's come on my show. You learn the definition. Things. That's the definition of a musician, right? Broke, here. Yep. Passion, not needing therapy. This is good. <laughs> and maybe somewhat addictive personality to certain things. How funny is that? Um, now, I guess what I'm curious to ask you all day before I switch over to Bill mm-hmm. is, um, with being self-taught, just exactly, what are the challenges of that? I mean, how do you just pick up a, a instrument, per se, and just learn it? Do you know what I'm saying? Um, to be honest with you, I really don't know. It's just like, I, no, I'm, I'm serious. I just, I learned a couple chords, and then I kind of, Move my fingers a little different, and I it's more in my head the melody. So when I'm singing, might not come out in the guitar so much, but it comes out in my singing. Does that make sense? Like I'm there's more that comes out in my voice than comes out of my guitar, you know, because I can sing different notes. So you can play four basic chords, but your voice can project three times that because you can change the tone and level and everything. So I, I guess it's more it's probably more in my singing that I can bring out more in my that I want. So then would you say it was, it's been more instrumental to work with, let's say, fellow musicians, for instance, that have maybe had more experience in playing, et cetera, and, and has that kind of balanced you out a little bit in terms of that? Um, I haven't really worked with a lot of musicians, um, but, you know, with Bill, he does, because there's a couple songs I've taught him my songs to play, and he's actually, you know, he tends to get to the countryside of that little little country, and I'm like, no, Bill, that's not how it goes, and we practice one of mine where I can do the bongos, and then he can play, and he's actually doing really good <laughs> on it, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it helps so much because I don't have to concentrate on this part of the song and this part of the song, and he takes, it helps me just focus on, you know, focus on my vocals, you know what I mean? Okay. You know, just. So if I'm hearing you right, you complement each other very well. Yeah, yes, yes. Okay, good. Good. Point well taken. Check. Another one. Good. I guess they belong together to some, to, with some cynic energy that they have. So cool. So now we're going to do the flip side, which is Mr. Bill White. We're going to talk a little bit. Um, I know that Terry White had played dual roles in your life as being obviously family, your cousin, and uh, mm-hmm. more or less kind of a first teacher from a musical standpoint, if I understand it right. That's right. Um, from your recollection, maybe what are some of the more profound teachings that he's passed along to you that have served to maybe – help to polish your abilities as an entertainer? Uh, Terry was uh, responsible for teaching me uh, much of what I do on guitar to this day, finger-picking style. Um, he would come over for dinner back in the late 60s, and uh, him and my dad would sit around and talk politics. And I was about 16, and I would just sit there and... Uh, you know, listen, because I wasn't really that involved. And when dinner was over and they were done bashing Richard Nixon, we would go uh, we would go up to my room and Terry would teach me some uh, guitar stylings. And uh, I just looked up to him. He was, I didn't have a brother. I had two sisters, so I kind of looked at him like a big brother. And uh, he was very patient with me and uh, kind of got me rolling at a young age. And then we both, of course, went on to live our separate lives and raised families. I had a couple of them for me and a couple, uh, not one for him. And uh, we, we hooked up again about three years ago and uh, started doing it all over again and actually formed a band with uh, with Terry and his sister Karen and uh, called 
dishes like noise, and that's been a lot of fun. Um, it's a little quieter right now because I've been concentrating on Bill and LJ. I'm sorry, also known as LJ and Bill. <laughs> um, uh, duo, and this has been so much fun, and we've been received so well, and it, it was something we kind of just threw out there to see if it would stick, and um, it's sticking, and we're going to keep sticking with it for as long as people want us to. Now, if I were to ask you the one thing that distinguishes, would you say, Terry's playing as compared to yours, what would you say? The curiosity. Oh, Terry was diligent about, um, he, he's been playing a long, long time, and he continued to play all the years since uh, we were young and he was teaching me. He had several bands through the years. He's uh, recorded several CDs. He's written a slew of good songs that he's published and uh, copyrighted, and we're still doing some of them. Uh, so it's been more of a more of a side career for him uh, than me. Uh, I spent a couple decades uh, just being a dad, and a husband, and uh, you know playing softball on Thursday nights and stuff. But when we became empty nested a couple of years ago, uh, I realized I had a small window and I wanted to jump through it and see what I could do. And that's where I'm at right now. Uh, still finding that out. Okay. I wanted to actually touch on that. So you led right into Audacious White Noise. Um, just to those of you who don't know, obviously, this is, as Bill was mentioning, a family collaboration where you have a bunch of family members that come together, and they, they just bring together a grand collage of music veterans with the end result just being nothing short of musical heaven, in my opinion. I've been very um, fortunate enough to be able to see them on a different number of occasions, and I think that each and every band member just brings something very different to the table, not only just in a particular style and how they dress and in personality, but just Musically speaking, I think it's a very well-blended combination, in my own personal opinion, rather. But I wanted to ask you, how makes this experience, meeting with Audacious White Noise, compared to being in a acoustical duet, meaning that is it more simplistic being in a band as compared to just the two of you acoustically? How does that vary? Um, I found that uh, being a part of a five-piece group, um, yeah, it's a little different. You kind of just have you have your part that you have to contribute. All five members do. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention uh, Herb Honky, who is our bass player. And he's been a, a white uh, friend of the family, the white family, for 30, 40 years. And he's basically a family member. So basically it's three whites and a honky, just so you understand. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, yeah, he... he uh, yeah, so we all just get together. I find it a little easier because you're really responsible just for your, your part, and you hope that all five parts blend together and make one wonderful sound. Now, with LJ and I, um, two of us play guitar on many songs and um, seem to understand her music, and I'm able to compliment what she does real well, and it's fun. And sometimes she takes the guitar off, and she'll just say, you know, I'm responsible for all the instrumentation there is. Just Except, for the <laughs> Except for the bongos, that's right, I'm sorry. I haven't figured out a way to play those with my feet yet, but um, I would want to take that away from you. You do that so good. But, uh, yeah, it's a little different because the whole focus is then on me to, to, to carry the uh, the instrumentation. But it, it's it, nothing we do is that difficult. It's fun. It's, um, you know, it's kind of a pop rock kind of a sound. Um and, it, you know, to me, music doesn't have to be complicated to be enjoyable. Um, I guess, you know, 
learn how to shred a guitar, I suppose. I have friends that can do that for me, so I don't have to. Uh, but, um, yeah, you just got to provide a good rhythm and a bass for uh, LJ's wonderful voice. And, uh, Thank and I you. Throw in some, you're welcome. I throw in some subtle harmonies here and there, and it's really the LJ show. We feature <laughs> quite a bit. Um, we get a lot of requests to do some of my songs, and we're going to get around to that once we have more hours to fill. But uh, right now we're just working on what uh, LJ songs. I'd like to actually have a set list that would include a majority of LJ songs. So if we can stick to this long enough, I'm sure that's what will happen because they're very good. They're very good. Well, don't play Thank yourself you. short too much. Thank you, As he is being so very gracious and, and complimentary to LJ, as she deserves, of course, but I don't want to build sell himself too short, obviously, because it's, you know, there is no I in team, obviously, so collectively with the both of you here in present and cognizant of each other's abilities and complementary to each other, you would not be half as successful or um, half as good as you are, just so you know. I agree. All right, we're going back to LJ. We didn't really learn anything off of that question. Maybe next one. Uh, we're not keeping you up, are we, Cindy? No, I'm doing just fine. Take it down, Corky. I am peace. I am so excited. I was so nervous about doing this interview, and it's going rather well. Isn't that? Good. I think we're doing well. Good. I think we're managing, Good. right? We're doing okay. My first interview. Ooh, you know, I seem to be breaking in a lot of virgins this last month. And a half. There's been three other people, and then I get to have. I'm so excited, Pete. That I don't want to take away from the interview for 30 quick seconds. Drake is a uh, country music singer who is a very, very first open gay country singer that is going to be on my show. So I get another virgin. I love popping. <laughs> we love popping streets on the show. <laughs> it's another exciting thing. Um, okay, I'll okay. So obviously, as you had prefaced before, you have a brother with um, musical skills who had kind of passed along some of his wisdom to you, I'm yeah. gathering, as it relates to music. Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about how he uh, proved to be significant in terms of your music ability or what, what you learned from him. Um, well, well, he gave me my first guitar, well, sold me, actually, and um, he um, just showed me some of the music, and he's actually, he took me and my um sister to see all four Beatles movies together they were playing I think I was about eight or nine or ten I can't remember how old but I we went home he was singing like every song he knew the words and we we were all singing in the car it was so fun and um he's I I guess just watching him play and stuff I was like I want to do that, too, you know, and then he's like, well, here, I'll show you, and he started showing me, and he came over a couple times, and he showed me some new chords, and then I started meeting more people, too, and they'd show me different chords and stuff, and I tried to copy and learn, you know, other people's music, and I have a hard time with that, because I think I just have my own style, and it's hard for me to to play somebody else's song, because I feel like I can't do it justice, I can't do it as good as they do it, so I... I think, well, it's my song, so I can do it as good as, you know, it's as good as I feel it is, you know, so nobody, but trying to play somebody else's is more difficult for me, Um, and I think he's, I don't think he's written anything or anything like that, but I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, if he writes or, you know, as much as I do, I think I was more that side, you know, that artistic side was in me to to write poetry and write music, you know, so... Okay. Now, you've described yourself in saying that um, when you feel a melody, then you sing it, is basically how you had posed it to me. Mm-hmm. Now, was this craft sharp first at this young age, or was it perfected over time, or is this just kind of just in this little sixth sense that you carry around with um, you? 
Oh, all of the above. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have this sixth sense, I think, kind of, well, for lack of a better explanation. Um, but, yeah, I perfected it very much, you know, just in what I've learned and developed in different music, listening to other people, um, and, you know, like working with Bill. He's, you know, helped me in, you know, some of my songs. You know, I'm, like, you know, not sure where to go in some direction, you know, and sometimes it's, to get somebody else's feedback and, you know, yeah, you know, because my, te- my songs tend to be long. <laughs> and uh, so I'm trying to work on getting them a little shorter, you know, so they're not, so they stay catchy in people's minds so it's not like, okay, when's the song going to end, you know, kind of thing. You know, you want to, you know, keep, I don't know, just entertain people that way, you know. I, <laughs> I understand. I do. Um I'd like you to expound to the listeners a little bit about um, any of the musical projects, whether it was solo, band, or otherwise, that encompassed your involvement um, prior to, of course, joining Audacious White Noise, which we'll talk about. So what were you kind of doing prior to that point in time, musically? Oh, me? Um, Yeah. Playing my guitar in my bedroom, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. So it wasn't like you were out and about, like, like oh, no. work, for instance, and, and going little places here, little places there, or doing anything relevant to Oh, she didn't have any... experience like that at all until we started doing this i think i played i think when i was like 19 i played there was a little party all my neighbors all played guitar at this little apartment i lived in and i actually played one of my songs and i was so nervous and it was one of my breakup songs at the time that i wrote so i'm like ready to cry because i'm singing this song and i'm like oh my god everybody's listening to me and i got through the whole thing but i mean i've had a couple incidents like that and I uh, I think I played for my friends. Uh, actually, my nephew's uh, family. I'm really close with them, and he's my godson. I actually played at he had a, they had a little event for him when he came back from Afghanistan, and um, I had written a song for him, so I got to play that. Um, so that was kind of cool, you know, with his family and friends there, and everybody really enjoyed it. So it was kind of gave me that I don't know, just a good feeling, you know. Because you're touching other people's lives with something that you're feeling, you know, your own. Created. You created, yeah. So. Just magical. That's the, the only word that I can come up with. I, I mean, always in awe of the musicians, no matter whether they're local or not, they come on my show because they possess a, you know, I'm a writer, so I can compose maybe such as they do, but this, this just resonating sound, the minute that they open up their mouths, it's the way that they think, the way they behave, the way they conduct themselves. It's just a whole nother, um it's just a whole other thing. It's really oh, cool. For lack of a better word. <laughs> it's just cool. I think it's very, very cool, and I'm very blessed to know so many of them. I just, I really am. I, I just stand in awe of all of you. Now, maybe you could just um, explain to us, LJ, how the collaboration came about with you um, becoming part of Audacious White Noise. Um, well, I had met Bill to a mutual friend. And, okay. Um, And um, we, we <laughs> and he had heard a song I had written, and he just thought it was just very good. And he he's like, oh, I, you know, I want to hear what else she, the other songs she has. So he came over, and you know, I played some other songs I had written, and he was very impressed. He said, well, you have to come and see my band. You know, I'm in a band with my cousin, and so I came over there and. Um, 
I think after a couple times they had me playing bongos because they didn't have a percussionist. And I'm like, I've never played bongos before or any kind of percussion. Like, oh, you could follow along. So I started playing, and they actually had me play some, some gigs with them, and it was so fun. It was like, oh, this is cool. But I just felt like I was, like, way back in the corner, and I wanted to sing. I'm watching the microphones up there, and I'm like, I want one of those. I want, I don't even care if it was backup, but I wanted to sing so bad, you know. And I told Bill, you know, we talked about it, and then I, you know, talked to Terry, and, you know, I thank them. I really appreciated having that, you know, that they were interested in having me, you know, you know, play with them and perform with them. But it was not, I, I want to play my music. I, I write music, and I want that's what I want to do. I, I I don't want to do covers. I I mean, I don't mind doing covers, but I want to do my songs. And I think that's with Bill, you know, liking, you know, when he heard my songs, he was right there and he's like, we got to get you out there. Your your songs are that's good. Right. So that was... You had a stack of papers with lyrics on them uh, gathered over the last 25, 30 years probably. Mm-hmm. Not that you're that old. Yeah, of course. And... and <laughs> Uh, we went through them one by one. There were no chords on uh, on these. There's just words. And I, I'm like, Where, where's the music? Where's the chords? Just, they're up here. <laughs> I'm like, for every one of them? <laughs> she says, yes. <laughs> My goodness. So she, she, she started playing every single one, and I made two piles. I made a pile of, oh, my God, that's really excellent. And, hey, this is good, but we'll put it over there. I know. There. I was like, wait, what about what's wrong with that song? <laughs> <laughs> I sort of separated them to what I thought was, you know, whatever, uh, more quality or whatever. And, and we should probably revisit that pretty soon because there's some stuff we haven't heard in a long time that we could probably could sound a whole lot different now than it did then. Uh, so yeah, she's she's got a vault. I call it the vault uh, of, of stuff, and she's creating new music every day. I'll come over every couple of weeks, and she'll let me know I got a couple working up here, you know, and uh, she'll pop them on me, and they're always outstanding and a Thank little you. bit different. A little bit different from the last one. There's a little similar grain that runs through them all, but that's with any artist. And uh, yeah, we just there's more coming. <laughs> this is a good thing, and I'm very excited about that. Okay, LJ, thank you so much. So, thank what you. did we learn from that one? Uh, let me think. Yeah, I'll get back on that. I haven't quite figured out what the lesson learned was on that one. I'm trying to get a lesson for every single question here. Oh, yes, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get LJ to get a little less nervous here. Okay. Over the, over the course. And if we I'm just keep talking to her all night, eventually she'll be like, "Yeah," and she won't say, "I, I don't know." I had a guest that did that the other day, actually. He was an actor, a from the Vanity oh. actor, and I asked him, where do you find your um, movies? You know, where can we go look up your movies and watch them? I don't know. I said, don't ever do another interview where you tell someone you've done work and you don't know where it is. And we just laughed about it. So we're going to we're gonna work on LJ here. We're going to take the pressure off of her, and we're going to put it on Bill now. All righty. <laughs> All right, Mr. Bill. Um, yes. And I'm going to date him a little bit, so I hate to break the bubble in case any of you have ever looked at Bill White. I know he's I know he's 35. He's not actually 30 like he tells everyone. Because I'm going to date him a little bit here, and I'm going to say, dating back to the 60s and 70s, was a young Bill White pounding on doors, attempting to making a musical name for himself, of course. Um, some of your earlier gigs I know comprised of different coffee houses with a band entitled Wooden Music. And then thereafter, you had some solo efforts that you've been doing at uh, Numero Uno's Pizza, which is on the east side here, and then, of course, the Ground Round location. Uh, during this facet of your career, what did you discover about the musical industry, if anything, um, any lessons learned? Were there periods of discouragement due to, I don't know if you ever had that feeling of, I, I just want that 
instant success. You know how some musicians talk about, I just want my name out there, that sort of stuff. Um, well, back then, uh, singer-songwriters were very big. You had uh, James Taylor, uh, the late Jim Croce, who was fantastic, uh, Kelly Simon. Um, you know, that kind of music that we we were doing or I was doing was, was popular. It's what people were listening to. And um, today it's considered somewhat folky, but then it was mainstream. And, uh, I mean, I remember that James Taylor album uh, uh, that I first bought. The name escapes me, Slim Something or Other. Um, was fantastic beginning to end. And I tried to emulate them, and uh, I just wanted to be like that. Uh, not only try to write songs that sounded like that, but do their songs as well as I could, which is kind of what I did back then. I did a lot of Cat Stevens. Uh, and so, you know, you're soloist with a guitar, that's pretty much all you have. I've never played electric guitar in my whole life. I've always been an acoustic uh, player, 12-string, 6-string, whatever. I've been in some duos and, and trios, and I was always the 12-string guy and uh, played that for a long time. But, um, yeah, that's just what people liked back then. And uh, I was just emulating what was popular. Uh, do you think, in your opinion, and this, of course, again, is because I'm not a musician, but I'm always interested to ask this. It, nowadays, I'm finding that it's more stringent for different venues, etc., especially us here locally, to be able to find outlets for musicians to be able to play. Did you think it might have been easier back then? Were there more opportunities available for musicians, do you think? Um, no, I think it was very similar. Um, there were more non-bar scenes that you could play at. Uh, today, it seems restricted a lot to... Uh, the bars. Or what do you mean by non-bars? Where did you play? Pardon me? What do you mean by non-bars? You know, I mean, it didn't have to be, you know, there was the ground round restaurants. Oh, example, I see. Okay. Uh, pizza joints. Mm -hmm. and, and there's some of that coming up again now. Uh, but but really what happened in the mid-70s was um, disco. Mm -hmm. And most of the bars and establishment where you would bring a good band into were, were hiring a single DJ to play records for their customers. And it was a sad time, and a lot of, <laughs> a lot of, a lot of musicians, musicians were put out of work. There were very few places that we could go. Uh, fortunately, we're a, a city of festivals, and the summertime in Milwaukee is, is the best opportunity. Milwaukee for is great, is, yep. yeah, for music, and uh, that's 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 really our our season, I guess you could say. And there's many opportunities where. If you can can get into the right places to play your songs, especially for bands, and you know, uh, single acts, it's a little different. There's a lot of places you can shove us into a corner, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just as long as I'm playing, I'm happy. I don't care. Listen to this. Who wants to shove these guys in a corner? Give me a break. Has anybody ever listened to these guys? Yeah, right. Like they walk into a room and you could shove them in a corner. First of all, they're too damn loud. I got to tell you, they always make an entrance when they come into a room, so you know that they're there. And um, there's just something that just screams hippie about Bill White that I can't tell you. I, I just I have to say that you would have to recognize him in any room wherever you go. So this whole shut up and in a corner thing, this is not going to happen. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> so now we go back to Nervous LJ, which I'm sure she's not by now, because we've been doing this for I don't even know how long right now. I'm having too much fun to notice. Uh, tell me just a little bit about uh, Wooden Music, what that was all about, what you guys did musically in terms of what genre, that sort of stuff, how long were you with them? 
Sure. I had met a, a friend of mine named Paul, and uh, he had hair down to his belly button, I think. Long, black, thick hair. He's a small-statured guy, but big in heart. And I just thought he was the coolest thing in the world. And he played guitar, and we hit it off. We didn't have cars or money. I'm not sure how he, I think we put an ad in the paper or something, and we found a couple other girls named Carol. They were friends, Carol and Nancy. So the four four of us got together and started doing BG tunes, uh, Mamas and Papas, anything with with three, four-part harmonies. Uh, And, um, gee, we would would play anywhere. Uh, We never really were able to get paid for it, I don't think. (laughs) I remember we had business cards. Same <laughs> booze. Just, just give me a drink or two and we'll yeah, sing. Yeah, I'm good. We'll sing for yeah. booze. Yeah. Back then it was a drink or two or a bag or something, but it, it was pretty funny because uh, that time was, you know, the late 60s and early 70s was a really different time period than today. And uh, you could just go down to the lakefront at Milwaukee. And, and, and find a piece of land down there, and there'd be a bunch of other people down there with guitars, and, and just sit down and start playing them before you knew it. There was cool. hundreds of people, and uh, that kind of stuff I miss. Um, and we didn't have cards. I remember Paul and I wanted to go somewhere once, so we uh, we had our guitars in hand, and we were standing on the street corner hitchhiking, which which you could do back then. <laughs> and we got picked up by a limo driver. Oh no. <laughs> so when we got to our destination, we're getting out of this limo, and everybody thought we were some big shot or something, you know. <laughs> so we went with it for a while until we were discovered. But um, <laughs> that was uh, discovered that we weren't big shots, I should say. Uh, but yeah, those were fun days. I'll never forget them. And it's not like they've reached any apex yet. I mean, Jesus. Uh, I think LJ and I, this is this is probably one of the best opportunities for me to be successful at music of all the, you know, prior um, uh, projects I've had. It's this one right here with LJ. Oh, uh, thank you, Bill. Oh, man, it's just so much fun, and it's not work. And uh, people are so nice to us, and we seem mm-hmm. to be received well, and her songs are great. And I just, I just, I want it to keep going forever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh. It's, it's enough to make you want to throw up, isn't it? They are each other. It's just like, oh my god, it resonates thickness. Oh. Good thing I know them and like them. Oh. Otherwise, I'd be nauseous right now. Okay, LJ, it's your turn again. Okay, Let's see how she does this time. Ooh, a lot of pressure here. Let's try and make this an easy question for us. Um, is it? The, let's try this again. <laughs> now they got me nervous. Um, is it fair to state that most of your songs are produced with the intention of maybe either offering comfort or to stir some sense of emotion in a person? Would you say that's accurate? Um, yes, definitely. Every, I think every song I've written has been from some emotion or some experience. And sometimes it's not even mine. It's something I see somebody else experiencing, and it touches me, and I just put it into words and music and and. Yeah, I would say definitely. Do you find that you're triggered by certain elements or certain things? Are there things that are close to your heart, per se, that you would rather be writing about or, or continuously meaning? Like, for instance, I always say that country music is not only shit-taking music, but it's suicide music because it's always sad, 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 sad. Do you find yourself leaning one way or the other in terms of what direction musically you want to go as far as are you going to do emotional ballads or have you picked a genre, so to speak? Um, I would have to say, because uh, I'm kind of, 
I guess for lack of a better term, I'm kind of ADD with music. I could be play, um, you know, a slow melody kind of song, and then I come up, you know, I'll be rocking, you know, another song. And, I, you know, I'm, I already have a couple in my head. I, you know, kind of a bluesy one I want to, you know, I'm still working on. I, I, I just love every kind of music. And I, I want to project that. I want to bring that out because that's what I love listening to. I don't want, I, you know, sometimes you get, you know, I've heard musicians and bought, you know, I've bought CDs and stuff where sometimes the songs, they're so similar that it's like, okay, I love this song. It's so catchy. And then the next song is, mm, it's kind of like that song. And I do have some songs like that too, but I want to, I want to have more of a variety. I want to have just these different sounds and that's why I want to sing you know I want to you know sing for people you know and bring out one thing about LJ's uh, songwriting style is she does it all, it all, it's all in her head and she hears it in the full orchestration she hears it with every instrument with drums with bass <laughs> you. you know everything so when she transforms that uh, onto a piece of paper and, and from her, her head to her guitar I think that's what developed this um, what I like to call rapid fire rhythm stroke she has. She's trying to recreate everything that she hears in her head with, with, with her with little instrument. instruments. And and, it, and it's really, really something. I mean it's uh it, it's 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 just unreal and it allows me to just complement that, that that rapid fire stroke she has with uh, some complimentary notes or stroking, you know, slow chords or something. They go together real well. And again there's nothing real complicated about what we do. Um but it's uh it's catchy as heck, <laughs> at least for me. <laughs> I know, Bill, so every time I call him, I'm just listening to your song. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it's catchy as heck, folks. That's going to be our new expression. It's catchy as heck. Bill and LJ are catchy as heck. I didn't know how I did that. What kind of ads to that was He's prolific, isn't he? He should be a writer. Yeah, he should. Hey, that gives me an idea for another song. Look at that. We are making music in the living room right now. This is, I can't even tell you how excited I am to be a part of this practice. It's Give me a guitar. How it works. Right. It's a instrument she's good to go, right? Uh, do you find, and I think it's logical or a presumption in just knowing you, that um, using uh, music as a coping mechanism, meaning that um, I myself as a writer, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. If I write anything that is emotionally so tolling for me that I have to cry, I will not write it. Um, I'm guessing that you're on the opposite end of the spectrum and that you utilize this as some form of a coping mechanism for oh, you. Oh, definitely. I've written stuff, and it's like I'll write it one night and I listen back to it or I read the words the next day, and I'm like, oh, my God, you know. But it, it helps bring that out and helps me feel what I need to feel instead of keeping it all inside because sometimes you need to let that out, and, and that's a good thing, you know. I learned that through my short Lifespan. <laughs> Short lifespan. Short lifespan. You know, my young, youthful right. lifespan. Because Bill is 30 and LJ is 34. So, yeah. Right. we got this youthful crowd in the middle of this room here. Just so you know, folks. Look them up on Facebook and then ask them, okay? That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but we'll find out later in the interview. I'm pushing, I'm 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 pushing six decades. Place. I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> but he's youthful looking, folks. And I feel good. I could comment, but I'm not going to. Um, moving right along. Last question for you, LJ. Would you classify yourself, would it be a fair assessment to call you a pop musician, or how do you 
how do you consider yourself? Um, yeah, I would direct it toward alternative pop. Yeah, because some of them are kind of popish sounding, and alternative is not a real direct classification. I don't think I'm country. I don't, you know, I don't really direct in that way. But I, I would say more of alternative pop. I'm not big yeah. on genres. It's all music to me. Uh, I don't exclude anything because it's in a certain genre. I could hear some rap song, which I'm not a rap fan. I haven't done a rap yet. There you go. There that I might go. be a new direction for us. I hope he doesn't. Just saying. The whole show doesn't like rap crap. But, but there okay. are some rap Hey, there's some good rap music on there. That I, I like. All right. Um, just, just, you know, singer-songwriter stuff is what I've always liked, and rap is not that far from singer-songwriter. Well, they're just uh, versing a poem. Most, yeah. I mean, some rap goes in yeah. two different I mean, directions, but yeah. One example would be Eminem's uh, "Clean Up My Closet." I mean, I, that's just still one of my most favorite songs ever. It's just, uh, it's, it's, it's I thought my song was your favorite song ever. Yes, yeah. on the air. <laughs> on my show. Oh, you should hear us while we're practicing. <laughs> Awkward. Okay, time to break up the fight. Let's move it along here. Well, fight here. <laughs> All right, Mr. White, on yes. to you. Um, no, I know that one day you had made the discovery of Lori's song, All and Everything, is what you were listening to, apparently. Right. Um, tell me what was particularly important to you about that song and about her talent for stuff. Um, well, you didn't get to see what she looked like. Uh, she had stock footage playing on the video of a, a car just driving through a scenic terrain, a rural area. Um, so you were forced to focus on the voice and the nice accompanying guitar part. Uh, but the voice and the lyrics were mesmerizing to me. I never heard a voice like that. When I heard it, I didn't think, oh, she sounds like, no, I didn't think of anybody. I just went, who is this? You know, what a unique voice. And it was heartfelt and it was, it hit me. And I listen to it over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> and I still do. And um, we actually went and did some recordings of it. Too. Yep, and, we uh, did. <laughs> uh, you'll hear one maybe today and, and maybe not, but you can hear them uh, on our Facebook pages and that's on cloud. Uh, just searching it. But anyway, uh, yeah, it, it, it really, really is a mesmerizing song. And um, I thought, well, if somebody can do that, they can do more. And that's what prompted me to, to get in touch with her and... Um, go hear what else she had. And uh, that's pretty much how LJ and Bill. Yeah. <laughs> also known as Bill and LJ were uh, <laughs> discovered. I heard her for, or I should say born. And uh, yeah, it's a wonderful song. Uh, it will always, it's one of those songs that will always sound good, always seem uh, up to date. You know, it will never sound old because it talks about our feelings. And that's, it, real, that's real stuff. It, it's right. so cool, though, because it's a song I just, play guitar and sing by myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't touch and that one. Bill will be over there singing while I'm because I'm, he'll want me to play it, and then he'll start singing. And I'm like, at first I was just like, well, come on, I'm trying to sing. Why are you singing? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's singing my song. And I'm envisioning because that's, you want people to sing right. with you. And, yeah, so that was very cool. <laughs> but I will not perform it with her. That is hers and hers alone. I want nothing to do with that one. That's just a beautiful. Okay. Do you formalize that that will be kind of the status quo, meaning like if you say or create songs, Bill, that you'll have your time and she'll have her time and then you'll collaborate together in terms of like okay. actual no. facts? featuring mostly LJ. Um, 
I'm not sure I even do. Uh, occasionally, I'll, I'll I'll throw a couple out there. Somebody yeah, when I have to have a bathroom break or something, I'm like, yeah, yeah <laughs> take the stage. <laughs> but yeah, I think we might even do. You know, work a little bit uh, more of some of the stuff I do. But really, you know, it's pretty nice the way it's going right now. I just love playing the uh, uh, L.J. songs and and and, and being in a, uh, accompanying her on her on her tunes and other tunes. We do some covers pretty well, too. We do some covers that, uh, some Beatles songs I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody do before. And, uh, and Beatles are always fun. That's fun as well, yeah. Very and, fun. Uh, it, we, you know, we like to tease each other up there, you know, a little bit of a sunny and sure kind of thing. And it's, it's not rehearsed. It's just all impromptu. Uh, I think it's how we deal with our nerves or something. But <laughs> it's fun. You're nervous ever? Okay, you are nervous. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> if I ask my audience right now, hmm, who would the nervous one be? <laughs> and again, I'm sitting in front of him. He's really doing just fine. She's not nervous at all. I think she's just trying to personify or act like she's nervous. Yeah, okay. She's just fine. She's like probably done this over and over and over again, you know. Now, Bill, um, I'm I'm actually saying it's been about roughly six months since he's solidified the duet of the two of you. If I got that right? Well, maybe a little more, but sure. Okay. Maybe you could discuss um, some of the accomplishments you've had to date and outline for us your take on what would pacify you for the future of Bill and LJ or LJ and Bill, however collectively you want to put it. <laughs> sure. Um, when we first started practicing, obviously, we didn't play in front of everybody, but we were working very hard. And uh, every once in a while, a friend of mine, uh, Harry Diamond, who's your best friend, and his wife would have a party, these little hostess parties, and she asked us to come play once, and we thought, well, this would be a good way to find yeah. out, you know, how, how we're doing and how we would be received. And we'd play in front of a half a dozen or ten people or something, and, uh, and boy, it was way more crude than it is now. <laughs> and, 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 and we were received real well, and everybody was liking it. So we thought, hmm, that's encouraging. Let's go practice some more. <laughs> and uh, we'd go back and do another one of those, and we'd hear, oh, my goodness, you guys sound so much better than last time. Yeah, I know, constantly. So we go, okay, let's go practice some more. (laughs) So, um, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, uh, a slow progression of uh, successes, however small they were, but they encouraged us to to keep on going. And uh, I don't know. He gave me more confidence, too. too. And that's something I... Kind of like. <laughs> yeah, you're doing better. So we, I don't know if there was one big thing that's happened for us yet. Um, I guess a lot of things are. I mean, starting to play for bars. Uh, yeah. Starting to pay to play. <laughs> um, hosting open mics. Uh, sharing the stage with some of the best musicians oh, yeah. in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, those are all highlights at this point for us just to be included yeah. uh, with the likes of those people. And uh, the good feedback we're getting. Uh, we have a booking coming up this summer on July 20th. We're going to do two hours on the rock, uh, classic rock stage at Port Fish Day. I mean, I think that's amazing. Oh, my gosh, I know. We could have never imagined something like that six months ago. I know. So, yeah, we got a lot of work to do, but we're having fun doing it. Yeah. And they're on Sims Chat Corner, which I think is probably like the biggest accomplishment. Oh, I know. Is what a horrible oversight on my part. <laughs> and this but, is what I call a friend. But I was, yeah. saving, I was saving that for the end, Sim. Uh, I was saving that for the end. Y'all saved the best for last. 
And thank you so much for inviting us, seriously. Yes, no, correct. Oh, my goodness seriously. gracious. I think we all know that Cindy's a huge advocate for, for Milwaukee music. I'm very, very proud to say, um, before I forget to mention it, and I will probably at the end of the interview, um, Bill and LJ are going to be at um, Anthony's on Jefferson tomorrow evening, and please help me because I can't remember what time it is tomorrow night. 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock. Eight o'clock. I will be actually stopping at Anthony's on Jefferson for the first time this evening because they are such an advocate for local music that I've agreed to partner with them to have an interview on my show because I'd oh, like wonderful. to provide. Some oh, cool! I'm very big on providing exposure to anyone who helps musicians and helps the artists in the area to keep the music alive. So Frank I think. Gina are just the dearest people. Oh, they are. Uh, that's cool. what I'm hearing. So I'm very yeah. excited to just kind of pop my head in there and say, hey, so I think, you know, if I'm going to go in there and take a trip down there, y'all can take an hour or two to take your happy little asses down to the bar tomorrow night to <laughs> Anthony's, even if it's just for an hour, just to say, hey, I listened to that radio show and I just want to check them out. I want to see what they're like in person. I want to see how balanced they are. I want to see if it's she's going to be LJ place. playing, if LJ is going to be nervous playing. Wow. She's taking over the show, folks. Getting a little worried here. All right, we're going to Oh, no, I thought I was my last question already. <laughs> no, we're not finished with you yet. <laughs> okay. Um, now, LJ, I wanted to ask, um, you carry a musical repertoire of basically 30 songs, I would say, mm-hmm. certainly must gain you some respect in the musical community, I'm guessing, because when a person walks around and they're able to compose that kind of material, I, I think that's impressive, of course. I'm interested to know what your personal favorite song is, and additionally, the most difficult piece in your eyes, meaning the one that you had the hardest time with composing? Um, well, I think I've just recently um, finished a song. It's called Torn by the Sacrifice. And I, I just love singing it. I feel I played it several times live, and I wasn't nervous. Is Some songs I'm more nervous because I'm like, am I bringing this out okay? Am I doing my best? You know, or, you know, I, I Are just people going to like it? I, I just feel the song is, it, it, I don't know, it, it's, I, I, I like it, and I, I feel conceited because I like my song, <laughs> but I just love singing it. I love the sound, you know, I and I love the feelings that it brings out and projects, and I, I don't know, the melody and everything. Uh, the hardest song, mm, um, I'm actually... Still, I haven't finalized it, but I'm in the middle of writing a song I've been probably working on for over maybe a year, six months, a year. And um, I have a loved one very close to me that has, um, how do I put this, Um, um, difficulty. uh, An affliction of some sort. An affliction. I'm not allowed to word it. uh, Sorry. and this song is about that struggle and that he's involved with and I you know, I played it for other family members had heard it and I had one family member that couldn't even listen to what I had written so far because all the emotions that came out of her from hearing it and then I thought, I don't know if I can perform this because it's so close to my heart, you know, it's you know, it's a very one, one of my children actually, and uh, see, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. Um, but it's, it, that's probably, but I, it's a song I feel is is probably a, a good song to bring out to other people that are experiencing that same thing. That it might touch them, and I, you know, be something that might give them comfort. I hope. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's your favorite animal's difficult to play at your age. Huh? Is it your most favorite animal's difficult? Both? What do you mean? That song? Uh, what? But, well, that was the most difficult one I think she said to Is me. Is that also your, if I were to ask you out of all these songs that you've composed, would that also be classified as your favorite or do you uh, have a particular favorite? Um, well, Torn by the Sacrifice right now is my favorite. That that one is still, it's not final the yet. The songwriter, the newest one is always your favorite. The latest <laughs> one is always your That'll get bumped <laughs> off when the next one pops up. Oh, no, that new one I just did is pretty good. Right. <laughs> gotcha. Torn by the Sacrifice, I don't know, I just love singing it. <laughs> yeah, we do have one in the ready to, ready to release, yeah, actually. Still, That's a good one. Still learning. I have one I just uh, mm-hmm. introduced to him maybe about a week ago, and... Um, he just wants drums in there, and I said, well, I got some vocals for you here, some harmony. <laughs> I'm hoping to do that maybe tomorrow night or at least maybe in the next couple. Soon. Yeah. Now, did you tell the backstory about bringing them home? Bring them home. Oh, no, no. I did that because that was gonna, my other question to you. Can you tell the backstory because I like that? Um, I wrote a song. I, my uh, nephew is was well now he's in Germany but he was stationed in Af- Afghanistan and I wrote a song um it, actually I just bought my keyboard so I was just learning key, you know different chords on there and I the song came out and it was about bring them home and um I had composed it and I actually sent it to him you know so he could listen to it and he was he just thought it was just awesome he was just like thank you so much but it it was very heartfelt and um I actually, that song, because his family members all heard it, his uncle had put together some words um, that, emails that, that Brad had, Brad's my uh, nephew that I had wrote the song for, that he had vented and, you know, just being in Afghanistan and all tough and all the hard, you know, difficulties, and he put together this little poem. And he goes, well, I don't know if you can do anything with this, you know, if you could put it to music. I heard your other song. It was, you know, I really liked it. And... um so I did, and I recorded it and sent it back to him, you know, after my computer took forever <laughs> to download. But um, I got to sing it for him when he was on leave and his family, and it was just it was so cool, just the feedback I got from everybody. And, uh, yeah, it was very cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a unique song because the lyrics are composed from things that Brad himself had said yeah. in email correspondences. And, uh, you know, when I look down at these boots, I'm not thinking, I mean, it's... Yeah. And it was cool, he came up to me afterwards, he goes, I remember saying that, and oh, you meant, and he's like going through the words of the song, he's like, I remember, I remember that too, you know, and it was like, oh yeah. I mean, I didn't write the words, but they were his words, but it was cool that I put it to music that, you know, and I don't know, that everybody could appreciate it, so it was very, it was yeah, cool. It's a good song, it's a, it's a real patriotic song in a sense, yeah. even though we want to bring them home, and I want to make it sound like we don't appreciate what they do over there, Yeah. but there is a human side to to what they have to do and, right. uh, with their family members. It's a little different perspective. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Very well put. She did not even say I don't know one. Man, she's getting to do it. She's perfect. <laughs> she can do like 14 more of these. Wonderful. All right, Mr. Bill, you're up. Um, some of the compositions between the two of you, um, trying to deceive the broken ones, not the one for me, and listen to the song. So those are all LJ. They're not compilations between no, the two. No, she wrote all those songs. I, well, I wrote every single She's one the of them. She's the songwriter. Because I made a mistake. That never <laughs> happens on this show, by the way. No, no. Never not researched properly. We do have one compilation. Compilation right. is that what you yes. say? Yes. 
We have a song called uh, Midnight Mirage. Mirage that I wrote the lyrics for and she put the music to. Okay, Ooh, so we uh, have one. Okay. It's a piano piece, so we haven't performed it yet. We haven't brought the piano into the act yet. Okay. Uh, but, it's, yeah, it's a very, she did a real good job putting music to that one. But, yeah, all these songs we do when we say this, you know, it's all pure LJ. She wrote everything. All those songs, I, yeah, those are all mine. I contribute so guitar. So please forgive me that I screwed that up. Because <laughs> that never happens. Yep. I, I play them like they're mine because they're just. There you go. It was my backup band. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, That's thank you for it. clarifying that. Now we can go on to the second portion. Hopefully, this part I got right. Can I describe uh, to our listeners what you're wearing? Yeah. <laughs> you can. Feel free to tell people what I do my radio show in. It's a wonderful pink fuzzy robe. <laughs> She was wearing this really cute black dress and stuff. Oh, yeah. She leaves for five minutes and she comes back with this big, bulky pink robe. Your, 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 your gray leather slippers? Yes. Oh, my gosh, I didn't even notice this. Yeah, uh-huh. and my slippers on and, uh, yes, and and my glass uh, with Her Marilyn Monroe. Marilyn Monroe glass. Yeah, yeah. Marilyn Monroe oh, glass, which is pretty significant with the you, oh, Yes, you look lovely. Well, thank you. And there is significance to wearing this robe. This is actually my... Um, Sister's uh, mother's robe. Her uh, her mother had actually given it to her, and she gave it to me. So um, there's significant there's sentimental value. Now I understand why you wear it. <laughs> so the question that I have, and hopefully I'll get this question right, since I fumbled up 30 seconds ago. Whew, my boss is hollering at me. I might get fired tomorrow. I may not have a radio show, folks. And Bill and LJ took me down. Thanks. You're welcome. Okay, Bill, so paint a picture for us, meaning to the average listener who's obviously not a musician, um, as to how the process of writing music compares, meaning with being a solo artist, as compared to a band, as compared to a duet as yourself. How How is that process, the writing process? Because everyone has a different process, per se. Writing any songs? Yeah, correct. Um, I've written songs. Um, we, we even have one that we could end up doing one of these days. We talked about LJ even singing it, but we haven't really worked that out. Uh, for me... Um, usually it starts with a guitar riff uh, or a collection of chords that are fun to play, that uh, connect themselves to each other. The hardest part for me, fitting the words in with that music. Uh, and sometimes I will write a poem or a lyric, and, and I still find it difficult to do the reverse and add chords to it. Um, LJ seems to have have a knack for that. I do it uh, both ways. <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I write the what, words first, you know? and then I add music. Sometimes I do the music first and add words. Yeah. Yeah, it um, switches. It, it could go either way. Um, for me, usually the music first, and then it's trying to fit words in there with it. And, and then to manufacture a song versus being inspired to write a song are two different things. Uh, for me, it's easiest to write a song when I'm going through some sort of trial or tribulation or difficult time or an emotional uh, period that can it's much easier for me to write songs out of that or even happiness. Let's say I'm overjoyed about something. Sometimes the you know the opposite emotion works too. But if I'm just like punching in at the office at eight in the morning and you know before I go home at five I need to write a song like many people can do, I find that the most difficult. That that's real tough for me. To have some sort of emotional connection to it. Now, it would seem logical for me to ask the question, obviously. Uh, clashing. 
is there collecting involved with this? Is it is the process meaning the collective process of writing? I mean, when you're collaborating with another person, do you ever find that it becomes relatively heated, or you kind of just don't always see eye to eye on things, or is it all copacetic twenty four seven? Uh no, because like I most of the songs that that are mine. I mean, I won't, I don't say anything about anybody else's songs because it's somebody else's song. I am very like I have a sound that I want to bring out, and sometimes. I don't want to mention any names, but Bill tends to go a little countryish on me. <laughs> so I'm like, no, Bill, it's not a country song. <laughs> so we do, and I, you know, he works with me very good. You know, yes, yeah, there's clashing though, definitely. She just tells me that she's got a, a new song and she'll play it. And um, sometimes I'll make a suggestion. Uh, sometimes the wrong one. <laughs> a lot of times the wrong one. <laughs> And then we learn it that way But you have to give her respect Because she's the one that created it She's the one that knows how it sounded from the inception I just heard it for the first time So you really can't, you know, judge something that way And think you can change it But I mean, I had that one I wrote on the keyboard Where do you go? Mm-hmm. You added that little well, You were looking for a little something, something and I, in... yeah, I had something that I was Yeah, he had something to... working on the guitar And we put it in and it sounds wonderful He's well, like, I did that. I did that. <laughs> I could never build a song around this little thing I had. I could just never build anything around it. Was a, mm-hmm. But it was a real pretty series of notes and chords. Yeah. And I thought, well, why don't you see if this fits in there? Yeah, and it works. And sure it enough, works. it did work. So, yeah, yeah. we do collaborate see? well. Yeah, I guess we collaborate that song. We actually do collaborate but very I, well. Yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> Notice how they're playing Kissy Face again? Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a room with them for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. There's okay. no wine. <laughs> yeah, there is, actually. I'll be getting that in a moment. Thank you. But um, before I ask my um, last two questions to the both of you, I want to uh-huh. collectively ask you a question at the same time, and either one of you can answer or both would be fine. I'm just curious to ask you, um, if you had a dream collaboration, since we're in Milwaukee, we'll leave it to the local thing because there's too many bigger artists. In Milwaukee, collectively the two of you, who would you want to partner with? Who would be your dream collaboration for either one of you? Oh my! In your own mind, I know. Like collaborate, writing a song, or performing well, a song. I would say either collaborate with writing, performing both. I have a lot of friends in town that are musicians. Oh, well, you I probably know someone many more people than I do. I can't imagine. Um, I'm actually a fan as well. I mean, I'm, I'm a spectator. I'm a supporter of all uh, of all music in town. I'm out there listening to it not because I want to be part of it, but because I enjoy it. And uh, they they hit me emotionally, and they uh, they, they bring me something that uh, I can take home and feel good about. Uh, it's not that I want to horn in and work with them or anything like that, but there's just an abundance of talent. Annie B, uh, Ethan Keller, um, Matt and Matt Tyner, uh, the Carpet Baggers. Uh, I think Ethan would be fun. Well, I'm very close with Ethan. Yeah, yeah, I like Ethan a lot, and I could see maybe us collaborating somewhere. Diverse, his music mm-hmm. is so all all over, yeah, and he's yeah. very talented, yeah. Well, a lot of times, even you know, these guys are we're all musicians, even and, and friends. A lot of times when we're together, music isn't what dominates our our time together. You know, we're just friends, and we do what normal friends do. We talk about other stuff and do other stuff, but it's not always about music. Yeah. I know he posted the one time he was sitting with Ethan, Danny, and yeah, who else was there? In the same room. And, and we didn't play a note, and I'm like, I was 
play for you guys. Right. Yeah, we were in a room for an hour together, and nobody picked up a guitar or even talked about playing. You like, know, oh, so I would have played. I would have been your background little sound going. Sure. And I didn't get a chance to ask you all day because I know that I'd ask Bill this. Um, just um, in terms of uh, your personal hopes or goals for the collaboration here, what do you want to see happen between the two of you musically? Um, I guess I don't know right now because everything's so new. Um, my main objective was I wanted to share my music, and that's what we're doing right now. And where it's going is so far in a really good direction, and I hope it keeps going. So do I. Because I want to share my songs. That's what I wanted to do from... Yeah, the longer we're together, the more songs will be LJ's because she just keeps writing them. So. <laughs> Subbing some of the, the covers for the originals, and pretty soon it'll be <laughs> three quarters of LJ's teams, which would be dynamite. And obviously, of course, I, I am the first one to tell you that I've been privy to listening to LJ's music before, and I have to say that I'm always very impressed Thank by you. anyone that has the ability and the talent that she does, and and to be so humble about it. And um, you know, I give a lot of credit to individuals, and I'm not going to give out her real age, even though I know it. When an Thank individual, you. <laughs> you're quite welcome. Don't worry, it'll come out, honey. We have one personal question for both of you. Um, it's always so refreshing to me to see somebody who's not discouraged by the fact that we live in a society where Carrie Underwood or individuals like Taylor Swift are out there and they're making phenomenal bucks and they're so well-known, and it's not intimidating to her. She's not running into a corner and saying, oh, my God, I'm so old. Nobody's going to listen to me. And, and, you know, she's out there and she's establishing herself, and they're making something of themselves despite the fact that they might be classified as the older musician group, if you will, which I think is really kick-ass in my opinion. So kudos to you guys. Thank you. Um, well, thanks. So, yeah, so let's talk personal for a moment. I'm almost <laughs> finished with them, so you know i got to put in the good dirt here, which is oh my God. if you've seen LJ on Facebook, this is all I can tell you. Yeah, that's right. She's prettier than most of us, oh including God. the host. Ouch. Yeah, I get to interview people that look better than me. Yay, that's great. And she's single. Yeah. Yes, he is. But I throw that out there. All um, right, where is this going? He is also um, a mother. She is a grandmother, and she is a obviously a musician. Um, I know that she likes Ryan Braun. Of course, who doesn't? I just like looking at him. I'm not sure if she actually enjoys his playing style as much as I do, but he does well with a bat. Um, I noticed that she enjoys Disney movies. I see that she's a fan of one of my favorite shows, House. Yes. <laughs> and I miss that very much because I, I love I love anyone who's a smart ass sarcastic anything. So I'm like I totally miss out. So I just wanted to tell the audience, um, just a few other details that they might be surprised to know about the woman behind the voice. What's something about you that we'd be surprised to find out? Oh, I don't know. That I'm an accountant. <laughs> Can you believe it? She's not a six-figure musician in Milwaukee. She has a day job. Can you believe a musician with a day job? And I get up at 3.30 a.m. Right. every day, Monday through Friday. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I know. How many grandchildren we got? We have seven. Holy hell, people. Yes. Somebody was making love. So yeah, hard. I was like a baby. You know? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> I was one of those mom prodigies, you know. <laughs> And what do your kids think of this? I mean, in terms of um, you tackling this, uh, they think it's very cool. They're very proud supportive. of me and um, very supportive. Uh, yeah, they they like it a lot. Even my grandbabies do. Oh, that's awesome. My granddaughter, she sings with me and she wants to do my songs. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> she comes over. <laughs> so, cool. 
So now we got to put the light on Mr. White here. Um, oh. So, Bill. Uh, now, Bill, of yeah. course, not only is he a musician, but he is married. So, therefore, ladies, Woodstock guy here is not available. He is a husband to an absolutely beautiful woman he's been married to for, like, forever. Uh, he's a father. 20, 25 years. Oh, my God, he remembered. Let's give him credit. That's that's a pretty yeah. kick-ass guy that remembers how long he's this, been married. This right? August. It'll be 25 years this August. And we know we're going to spoil Barbie Rotten. Thank you. He is also mm-hmm. a uh, Packer fan. He's a wine enthusiast, but first and foremost, he is what I would consider to be one of the most supreme friends that I could possibly say that I'm lucky to have in my life. Um, and, of course, obviously... Likewise. Oh, thank you. We share this quality, of course, of we both have written poetry before, which I didn't know until I interviewed Bill, so how cool is that? But I must not forget to mention, as he had, had stated earlier, his respect and adoration for the Beatles, of course. Um, I guess, I don't know if I asked you this or not, or I don't remember. Um, first of all, tell us something that would surprise us in terms of you on a personal level. And then second of all, because obviously I know the Beatles are your passion, um, somebody else or some other group that's out there that's really been significant to you in terms of your career. Well, I think that whole era in the early 60s, uh, some of the pre uh, Beatles stuff, like I said, the Hank Williams uh, senior stuff that I, I, I learned uh, to love from the movie that was out back then, Your Cheating Heart, and uh, subsequent eight-track tapes that I acquired and listened to. Um, geez, I remember a record I had in grade school a teacher played. It was uh, Stephen Foster songs. Uh, uh, if you look him up, he's a folk artist from way back. And I Dream of Jeannie and Camp Town Races and all that kind of stuff, uh, sung by a children's choir was my first record that I fell in love with. And the harmonies and the you know, the choral type stuff is what I've always gravitated towards. Uh, multiple vocal tracks and stuff. And uh yeah, and then of course the Beatles hit and all the sound alikes that came with that. Uh uh Dave Clark Five, Herman's Hermits, the Monkeys, the Animals, whatever, yeah, the Stones. It was all very, very impressionable impressionable music back then and uh that was my first uh you know, my first exposure to rock and roll. Uh, of course, later on, yeah, the, the heavier, uh, what we would call the underground music, the FM station music like Zeppelin and Black Sabbath and all that stuff came out. And that was all great music, too, for a different uh, aged person. But but what I like about the earlier stuff is it's fun to listen to. It's not as serious. It's not dumb. You know, uh, it's just fun. Yeah, you, you, you just, it's, it's happy. It's my Christmas music, I call it. That's my Christmas music. And it just makes me feel good. And when I'm not feeling good, I listen to it and I feel better. And uh, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. <laughs> and, uh, I don't even remember the you... questions. I know you weren't listening. <laughs> My question was, if there was, if there was one he thing. He does the same thing when we're playing. He goes off and talks. You see this? You see what I mean? So I don't feel so bad. LJ kind of is like, oh, yeah, what are you doing? I don't know. And then Phil's like, I'm sorry, were we doing an interview or something? Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm on the radio. Yeah, that's right. I'm almost done, okay? I'll just make a quick pill because I've lost your attention. Um, One thing about you that would surprise people or something about you that uh, people don't know. Personal. Mm -hmm. Tell me something personal, Bill. People don't know. That they don't know about me? Yes. You need a black card because I can help you. I'm an open (laughs) book. I mean, most most of my close friends know everything I'm thinking as I'm thinking it almost, Um, sometimes to my detriment. Sometimes not, but um, yeah, I don't know that I. I don't think I have any deep dark secrets, to be honest with you. Um, 
I don't know, maybe I wish I looked like Brad Pitt and I was 30 years younger, but those days are gone. That doesn't bother me at all. I'm not afraid of my age. I don't mind being the age I am. I'm 59 years old. I feel healthy. I'm having fun uh, for probably not the first time in my life. I've always enjoyed every phase of my life as they came along, but this this is the one I always wanted to do that I never could do because I was busy doing something else. And now I finally had the chance to uh, play guitar and uh, share it with LJ, who I, I didn't know, you know, two years ago. I didn't even know she was going to be in my life uh, musically. So, yeah, this is kind of a blessing, and I'm uh, having fun with it. What more could a guy ask for as a musician and a friend? Very well played. Even though you weren't paying attention, you, you yeah. saved yourself very well again. <laughs> yeah, you did, no. He's really good at that, folks. Wait till you meet him in person. Yeah, wait. Okay, uh, now we're down to our uh, we're down to our final question. I know that you all are sad because we provided you with such an amusing interview. I have to say, we don't always have this much fun on my show. I mean, we try to, but I don't usually have, have my fun. live group here. I always have fun. You know, um, this is mm-hmm. my last and final question to the both of you, uh, or either one can address it, whichever. Um, I guess I'm curious to to tell our listeners or our audience um, if they want to come and see you, uh, what projects you have that are coming in the upcoming future? Where can they see you besides Anthony's on Jefferson? Because we talked about that tomorrow night. Um, how do they stay in touch with you as far as social media wise goes? Give them all the outlets where they sure. can reach both of you together or individually. Well, Bill, why don't you take respond. the floor? Okay, I can quickly respond to that. Um, right now, we, we, we don't have a, uh, a www page, but we do have a Facebook page. It's uh, Bill and LJ, also known as LJ and Bill. Uh, it's easy to find. You have Bill White. You can you can look at my you can join my Facebook page if you like. Uh, I will definitely welcome you to it because I post everything that we do there. And what others are doing as well. It's not just about us. It's about the whole Milwaukee music scene, which I find fascinating. I find it one of the best kept secrets in the world because we have so much talent here. Some are playing. Some are working. Some aren't. Um, as far as us personally, um, we've got Anthony's on Jefferson tomorrow, which we're very really looking forward to. It's, it's our debut there. It's a brand-new club. It's only been a couple of weeks owned by Rich and Gene. Gina, and they're two of the most wonderful people, and we are excited about that. And we will be back there in March on the 15th and the 22nd as well. And in between there on uh, March 8th, I think we're going to be at Rocco's. On March 8th, we're going to be at Rocco's on a Friday night, and on April 12th, we're going to be at Rocco's. But all these things are listed on the uh, Bill and LJ, also known as LJ and Bill page, uh, under the events. So you can keep up with us there. And uh, sometimes you never know where we'll pop up. Sometimes we'll show show up somewhere playing guitar and you know, we didn't even know we were going to be there. So uh, it could be somebody else's show. That's the one nice thing about our friends. They all welcome us to come up and uh, share the stage with them when we're there. And I think that's great. And we do the same thing when we play. If any of our musician friends are out there and they come down to the show, we will definitely ask them to come up and, and do something for uh, for the folks because it's all about music. <laughs> Now, LJ, do you want to add anything in terms of finding you or your songs or any means for anybody to listen to any kind of stuff that you've done? Um, well, I have a couple posted on YouTube, but they're not real good recordings. I want to do better. I don't have, you know, any, you know, I don't have uh, good equipment to record. And most of them I put on there so Bill could hear them, so I could send them to him. But mm-hmm. we're working on that. We have a couple that we've uh, put down on CD, but and we're working to get some more, so... That's, yeah, that's nice in the works right now. One. I wonder huh? if you can. Probably. I wonder if, uh, if, if Cindy's able to play one. 
Oh, uh, yes. I was Is just he gonna, able to play one? Oh, we're just about to I find out, aren't we? I'm looking at my studio page, and the answer to that question is uh, no. Apparently, oh, my my BTR. I'm on Blog Talk Radio, and my representative here unfortunately has not been able to. Um, pretty problem with conversion today. Um, putting audio clips onto the show. Oh, no actually, problem. You can you can hear them at our page. Yeah, yes, definitely. And what will happen, just folks, just to let you know, anybody who's listening or who might listen, obviously after this show gets finished, within the half an hour it becomes an archived episode. So anyone at any given point in time all year round can come back and listen to my interview with the two of them anytime you like. I'll also post up on my personal page as well as Students Chat Corner in terms of all the information relative to Bill and LJ so that you can find them and find out uh, how to get connected with them. And, of course, uh, hopefully sometime tomorrow at the latest, I will go back into this episode and I will actually integrate uh, Listen to the Song, which is actually the song that we are going to play this evening that unfortunately we can't because for some reason Thank I'm you. having a technical cool. problem. Okay. So I will go back, cool. I will integrate that uh, in there. Um, so before I let them go, I just want to say thank you so very much because they've been very good sports taking, you know, all of my crap because I tend to be so sarcastic as they know. <laughs> they've been very good sports. They've been very attentive. Their answers have been very good. And they have accentuated themselves, I hope, very, very well. Um, I usually always take the last 30 seconds of my show, which I will now because before um, I'll finish with them and then I'll say what i got to say. So I'll take my 30 seconds to say this much about the two guests that I have this evening. Um, to all of you who don't know them, because I'm fortunate enough to know them, there are five things that I can tell you that I know for certain about this duet, which is very kind to one another, very magical combination, very full of talent, very full of life and exuberance, and just uh, so very different than other collaborations in that they have a respect for one another. They, they're almost like kindred spirits to some respect, and I find that to be very touching, and it's not something that I see uh, every day. I'm very blessed to say that most of us in this circle have great admiration and respect for the music that they do and are very supportive of their endeavors. And I think that it would behoove you greatly to form an association with them, or at least if you're not in the area, check out their music, take a listen to them, um, try to be supportive if you can. Live music, you know, slowly but surely, I'm fearing, might become a more of a dead entity in this city, and I would sure. not wish that to happen. So, you know, I'm very, very, very... Um, in awe of the people that sit in this room right now. I am but a lowly writer, and without individuals such as this, I wouldn't have a show and I wouldn't be successful. So really, my Thank thanks you, goes to them, not to me. And again, get your ass out of my page. Go ahead and check out all the ways to get a hold of them. Uh, tomorrow we will have the music on there so you can actually listen to them. Do not forget, please, please, please do not forget, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, my sister's show, I will be hosting Sam Crow Radio, Sean Patrick Parsons. Kristen Clothing, Sons of Fantasy Clothing. You cannot miss this interview. 10 to 11 tomorrow morning. Again, thank you so much to Bill and LJ, and I hope you all have a wonderful evening. And don't forget, Taylor's at 9 o'clock, Scotty Barron, Matt Motherfucking Tyner from 10 to 12 down at Impala Lounge. You guys have yourself a wonderful evening and take